You're listening to the Eastside Church Sermon Podcast Series. We are a United Methodist congregation in East Atlanta Village. We seek to be creative, historic, inclusive, and justice-oriented. We are thrilled that you found our podcast, and if you'd like to learn more about our community, visit our website at eastsideatl.org. Nothing but the love of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So as we now take our seats, though we may be sitting, I hope our hearts and our minds are still lifted. As we hear these words from the New Testament, 2 Timothy verse, chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. From Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by God's will, to promote the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm grateful to God whom I serve with a good conscience as my ancestors did. I constantly remember you in my prayers, day and night. When I remember your tears, I long to see you so that I can be filled with happiness. I'm reminded of your authentic faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. I'm sure that that faith is also inside you. Because of this, I'm reminding you to revive God's gift that is in you through the laying on of my hands. God didn't give us a spirit that is timid, but one that is powerful, loving, and self-controlled. This is the word of God for the people to God. And let us say together, thanks be to God. Family, I ask that you walk with me, wrestle with me, and let us wrestle with the Spirit as we ponder the concept. Everything we need is already in you. Everything we need is already in you. Lord God, in the way that you have connected our thoughts and our inclinations thus far in the midst of our time of worship together, we ask that you continue to do so as we navigate through this part of the worship experience. Let divine wisdom, light, hope, patience, love, empathy, wholeness, and healing somehow manifest in and through our beings as we reflect on the fact that everything we need is already in us all. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Can we give the Lord another hand of praise for our worship team? Thank you so, so much. I thank God as I look across this sanctuary and I see each of you and I think about all of the stories that are represented as I see each of you. 
thank God, as I look upstairs and I see our AV team, those who I can see who are standing looking at us and those who are peeping over the top of computer screens <laughs> to say hello. I thank God for them. I thank God for everyone who's working with our Kids Collective right now and who is simply recognizing the gift of, of showing up and sharing their gifts with the present and future hope of our church and our children. Thank God for, for those who were out yesterday with the shower truck, even with the, the things that had to be navigated through, but community and connection still happened. I thank God for that. And I thank God for this precious time we share as we reflect on this idea that everything we need is already in you. And as I started pondering it, it was like I could see a few things as if it were yesterday. I, I, I saw in my memory, in my mind's eye, remembrances of, of growing up in a small town in the southwest corner of this state, Dawson, Georgia, about 20 miles north of Albany, about Albany, excuse me, um, about an hour and 15 minutes south of Columbus. And, and, and I'm seeing myself a five-minute walk away from my house in the halls of Sardis Baptist Church. And I saw Deacon G.D. Burroughs, one of our youth directors, and, and I'm remembering him teaching me the, the intricacies of interpreting a script and getting into character because he would, he would lead us in, in, in putting on, on plays in our church and community and, and embodying the character as if I were that character. You see, he was a Gullah Island griot whose family lineage could be traced back directly, directly to West Africa. And he was part of a line, of, a 300-year line of storytellers that was unbroken. The gift that had been passed on to him and part of his ministry, he felt, was to encourage gifts that he saw in others. And so he would work with me and other youth within our church to help us understand that, that, that we had gifts that needed to be expressed and lived into. And I can remember it like it was yesterday. And then I can remember Deacon E.E. E. Sykes teaching me the nuances of verbal intonations as it relates to poetic recitations. He taught both me and others. There was like a whole, like the way that, the reason I, I always kind of laugh and smile when I hear the children come in because it reminds me of how we used to run in and, and just bring life and energy. And, and so he was teaching us works of poetry like the book of Psalms. He was introducing us to um, African-American literary luminaries such as County Cullen and Phyllis Wheatley and Langston Hughes. And there's one Langston Hughes piece that, that always rests in my heart. I can hear it and see it as if it were yesterday, a piece entitled Mother to Son where Hughes was giving honor to the dialects that he heard growing up, but also giving honor to the, to the wisdom and maxims that were heard through his, those who were in his community who were, who were mentoring him. I can remember it like it was yesterday. Well, son, I'll tell you. Life for me ain't been no crystal stair. It's had tacks in it and splinters and boards torn up and places with no carpet on the floor. Bam. But all the time, I've been a climbing on and reaching landings and turning corners and sometimes going in the dark where there ain't been no light. 
So, boy, don't you turn back. Don't you set down on the steps because you find it's kind of hard. Don't you fall now for I still going, honey. I still climbing. And life for me ain't been no crystal stair. I can hear it and see it as if it were yesterday. And then there's another voice I can hear and see as if it were yesterday. I can hear the voice and see the face of Stella Louise Kennel, my aunt teaching me about the power of prayer, showing me about the power of the fruit of giving. See, Karina, my aunt would have been the one doing some of the things that you were just talking about, teaching us those kind of things about caring for those in need, caring for those who don't, who don't have as much. She was so intent on that. My aunt was so intent on that that she had, you know, even in our small town, there were some things that she thought could be done better in terms of the education of our children. So now she could have, you know, she could have ran for school board. She could have, you know, just been one of those um, peaceful rabble risers who with righteous indignation always are showing up to the meetings. She could have done that, but she decided to do, a, do something a little different. She had problems, so you know what? She opened up an early learning center. She said, if I see some things that can be done better, let me just stick, stick my, my, my hand in the game and let me see if I can do it better. And I can hear her voice reminding me, teaching me that grace had touched my life, and that there was a responsibility. There was a reasonable response that I had to grace touching my life, and that I needed to commit it to God's glory. She poured so much love and light and peace and wisdom and hope into me. She was literally a second mother to me. So when you see me, you actually see vestiges of my Aunt Stella Louise Kennel as I stand before you. You see, these three stalwarts in my life were using their gifts to stir up my gifts. They were unified in their belief that God had placed something divine in all of the children that they encountered. They were unified in their belief that, that all of the children who occupied the space on which they stood needed to be mentored into knowing and embracing the plans that God had for all of our lives. They were unified in cultivating an atmosphere where not only I, but my siblings, my cousins, my next door neighbors, other children in the community, my peers, they wanted us to recognize that we could live lives of faith and hope and love that on a day-by-day -day basis could help us understand that everything that we needed to make our contribution to this world was already in us. It was already in us by virtue of the love and grace and gifts that God had placed in us. And all of those gifts were being stirred up through this divine walk of salvation that is given through Jesus Christ. So they were reminding us 
that the spiritual and the natural go together. They were reminding us that the gifts of grace are supposed to touch the grind of our lives so that God's glory can begin to manifest even when we don't see it happening. They were reminding us that not only was every breath and every opportunity sacred, but they were reminding us that we are sacred. It's like they just kind of stood there as shining lights, using their light to help other folks understand that they too are light. So as we walk together in these next few moments, I want to encourage all of us and remind all of us that because of the particular destinies that we have been given as we come into this earth at this particular epoch in history, that there are gifts in each of you. There is light in you. There are hopes and dreams in you that I pray on a daily basis are cultivated and embraced and poured into this world for you are valuable. I don't care what anybody else has tried to add to your story. You are valuable. No matter what somebody else has tried to add to your story, you are precious. No matter what anyone else has tried to add to your story, you are sacred. Let no one, let no thing, let no circumstance ever place us into that space where we forget that. Because as we remember it, as we embrace it, as we walk into it, what it reminds us is that each of us have gifts that this world needs right now and everything that we all need is already in us. Everything we need is already in you. Now, as we go back to the text, we see Paul essentially communicating the same message to Timothy. Paul says to Timothy in his words, I'm grateful to God whom I serve with good conscience as my ancestors did. I constantly remember you in my prayers day and night. When I remember your tears, I long to see you so that I can be filled with happiness. I'm reminded of your authentic faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. I'm sure that this faith is also inside you. Because of this, I am reminding you to revive God's gift that is in you through the laying on of my hands. God didn't give us a spirit that is timid, but one that is powerful, loving, and self-controlled. In this text, Paul uses a beautiful, effective, timeless teaching model called memory, maxim, and model. Can we all say that together? Say memory, maxim, Model, memory, reflections on past history. 
maxim, words of wisdom that serve as a guiding rule or principle, model, examples to be followed. See, Paul is encouraging Timothy to embrace the light and hope that he brings into this world simply who because of who God has made him to be. And Paul is using memory, maxim, and model to, to kind of, um, I guess you, you can almost say, bulk up his word of encouragement, to, to make his word of encouragement that much, that much larger in its impact. See, Paul reminds Timory, Timothy, Timory, you hear that? Paul reminds Timothy through memory that the faith that his foreparents had is also inside of him. In, in, in seeing the model of his grandmother's faith and his mother's faith, Paul is using both that memory and that model to show Timothy you are part of a, of, of, of a lineage or a pattern or a continuation of grace touching life. You are part of a continuation of how God's truth has transformed lives. You are part of a continuation of how God's presence and God's love and God's compassion are cultivating a sense of purpose and meaning that you should hold on to because even if you try to ignore it, it's already a part of, of who you are. Just look back to it, receive life from it, and, 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 and walk in your own gifts. Yet Paul also encourages Timothy by reminding him that you need to revive the gift that is in you. Or some texts will state you need to stir up the gift that is in you. Through this maximum, this principle, this guiding rule, Paul is encouraging Timothy to cultivate the gift the gift and I do believe it's okay to say the gifts that come as a result of the gift because that main gift is the spirit of God that is alive in him, and the Spirit of God then ushers in gateways to other gifts, and, and, and Paul is saying, cultivate this that's inside of you, and as you cultivate it, watch how God empowers you to show up and be who you are called to be. Because there's a thing that all of us, in some way, shape, form, or fashion, either embrace, wrestle with, or sometimes do a dance between embracing and wrestle with, wrestling with. You see, it's amazing, as Paul uses memory and model to remind Timothy of his lineage. That's a beautiful, thing, a beautiful thing a lot of times, right? To be reminded of your lineage and what's been poured into you. But we also know that sometimes memory and model can also bring up some baggage or challenges where it's like, okay, I don't, I don't you know, thank you for that lineage thing, but I don't know if I need to be embracing that, bringing that into another generation, bringing that into my space and time, because that wasn't life-giving. And, and, when, and when I think on lineage and patterns, there's a wrestling that I have to go through that though for the person sitting to their left, 
It simply inspires smiles and inspires these good memories. For me, it doesn't quite do the same. So family, that's why we as the believing community become so important to one another. Okay, pop quiz. You know I love the pop quiz moments. How many times has anyone in this room recognized that you were in a moment where God actually sent you with either the answer or part of the answer to help somebody move through their struggles. Come on now. If I, I know we're in a, come on now. Don't 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 be bashful. Don't be shy. This is not being an egoist by saying that God used my life to touch somebody's life. I'll ask it again. If that has happened, even in the most minuscule way whether it be in the church, whether it be at work, whether it be with family or friends, if that has happened, can I see a show of hands? Now keep those hands up just a little bit longer. Keep those hands up. Even I see some half hands raised. I see some people pondering. Now if your hand is not raised, don't feel bad, it's okay. This is not one of those kind of hand-raising experiments. I'm asking that we raise hands, and we can put them down now, because y'all already scanned the room and you were peeking, so I didn't have to tell you to not look left or right, because I saw you doing it anyway. What that, I, what I will assert that that confirms is that in some way, shape, form, or fashion, the Spirit of God is alive and active in each of you. The Spirit of God has moved each of us into certain particular moments where we did by whether it was simply showing up and practicing the ministry of presence, whether it was having the words, whether it was being able to connect someone and be that bridge from struggle to breakthrough or from struggle to overcoming, it has happened. God has used us in that fashion. Now, why is that important in this and these thoughts about memory and model. It's important because I just always hope that when we talk about how God shows up in these different circumstances, that if our story makes it a little bit more difficult for us to, to hold on to those kinds of, or, or we don't have the reservoir to go into those kinds of memories, I just want to say again and again that you are not alone. I want to say again and again in every way that if, if, if your reservoir is not as full as someone else's, please do not take that to mean that you are less than or that God cares for you less. Please don't, don't, don't take it and, and go in that direction. And, and, and as I'm asking that family, I'm also pulling all of us into a different kind of charge. If I'm asking those around us to not go into that direction, what does that mean I'm asking the rest of us to do? 
Oh, I see it. Pastor T, you're going from preaching and teaching to meddling now. You're trying to tell me that I'm supposed to be that bridge that steps in when folks are going through what they're going through or avail myself in that way? Yes. Yes, and, 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 and I'm asking that we do that not feeling like we have to have all the answers, that we do that with, not with hesitancy because we know we don't have all the answers. Again, I go back to a few weeks ago and we were talking about the pantry, Karina. I keep thinking about that gentleman who said, I appreciate the food, but this hug is doing more good for me <laughs> or just as much good for me as the food that's nourishing my body because the hug is nourishing my spirit. The hug is nourishing my soul. The hug is nourishing my emotions. And so when, when, when I think of the challenge that we all face when we look around us and we say, you know, you know, Pastor T, I, I hear you you talking about hope and all of that all the time, and you're talking about faith, and, and you're talking about how, 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 how God will move, but do you see how big these problems are around us? Do you see how big the systematic ills actually are? Do, do you see the struggles that people have with simply making it day by day? And then we are called, by virtue of this Christian walk, to be light in this world with all the stuff that's going on. Remember, in our text, Paul said to Timothy, I pray for you because I remember your tears. And I often wonder, what was it that Timothy may have been crying about in his soul? What was it that Timothy may have been saying to Paul? I, I need a little help with this. May, could it have been, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be a leader in this, this, this fledgling community and I'm just as young as all, some of the folks that I'm leading and some of the folks are older. How do I do it? I'm trying to be a leader in a world where there are these problems that seem too big for any of us to solve, and you're telling me to have faith in a Savior that I believe in, but I literally don't see him standing in flesh right in front of me, but I see all of the challenges of the world, sometimes three feet, sometimes 30 feet, sometimes half a mile away, and, and, and you're telling me to believe that I can be part of a solution? You, you, you're telling me to believe because, you know, yes, I remember my mother and my grandmother, but they have gone on. All I have is a reservoir of, of memories to tap into because they're not there to hold me in those moments where it feels difficult. But remember, Paul says, I remember your tears. But I'm asking you to remember the gift. I'm asking you to remember the gift that is alive inside of you. You know, I love the wisdom of Scripture. 
the maxim that scripture has placed inside of us. Do you know there's a maxim that's been placed inside of us? Do you know there's a guiding principle that's been placed inside of us? See, I love the way that scripture first describes the spirit of God and the way that scripture first describes humanity's encounter with the spirit of God. All right. Andrew, you didn't know you were about to be pulled into the sermon. <laughs> He's like, wait a minute, this is not room 102 in the Rita Ann Rollins building at Candler School of Theology. No, you didn't, Pastor T. Can you help me meddle a bit? Okay. The Spirit of God is described as what oftentimes in Scripture? A mighty rushing wind. We go to the first time it comes up in Genesis. The Spirit of God was doing what across the deep? Hovering above the waters. We go to chapter 2 of Genesis. It describes the Spirit of God, and this is the way humanity becomes a living being. God took the what of life, and this is for everybody now, the what of life? The breath of life, and did what? Blue it into humanity, and humanity became a living soul. You know there's a maxim inside of you, right? A maxim that's saying everything you need is already inside of you, right? You know you're actually living into that maxim right now. You've been living into that maxim from the time you woke up this morning to the time you got out of bed, to the time you walked into the doors. You're living into that maxim right now. Even as you were saying, Lord, don't let him call on me like he just called on Andrew. And can we give, can we give the Lord a hand of praise for Andrew for stepping in there? Don't let him call on me like he just called on Andrew. And Andrew got an A-plus on the pop quiz. But yes, the maxim has been alive and well in each of us. Every time... We have breathed in and breathed out even as we were asleep in the middle of the night. And so, if you will, allow me in my imagination to, to dance through the text a little bit. East side eye. I hear, I remember your tears. East side, I know that there have been tears. But at the same time, every time you breathe in and breathe out, embrace the fact that everything we need is already in you. I know the world's problems seem too big for us to solve, but one by one, in spirit-filled increments, every time you breathe in and you breathe out and you show up as hope and you show up as healing and you show up as empathy, you are telling the world and you are testifying that everything we need is already in you. Every time you decide that you are going to simply 
innovate or you decide that you are going to simply be there with those in struggle or you decide that you are going to live into your gifts a little bit more fully, maybe stepping out and having a a change in career path that you never saw coming, but all of a sudden you see how it's actually God moving in, using you in this new place, this new environment. I'm hoping that you remember that that is a reminder that everything we need is already in you. We have to be present in halls of education. We have to be present in halls where justice and equity are being, are, are being debated and talked about. We have to be present on sidewalks where someone who simply needs to know that that they are still honored and valued as a human being. We have to be present there because that is how we live as the manifestation of this, this maxim that everything we need is already in each and every one of us. We have to be present when we are at tables where decisions are being made where we know if the yes is uttered, thousands of lives may be negatively impacted. And though we may not see those lives, there was a chance that God could have simply used us to utter the, hey, wait, let's think about this that could have changed some things. You know, it's interesting. Think back to, this is like around, it's probably about 2009 or so, and get this letter in the mail about a settlement in a redlining case. Like, y'all know what redlining is, right? So I'm like, okay, this is weird. I don't think that happened. I mean, because instantly my, you know, my, my, my antenna goes up. That didn't happen to me. You know, when Nicole and I purchased our first home, you know, credit, everything was in order. We had down payment, whatnot. Like, you know, this, it was such a smooth process. And I start reading the fine print, and it says you and others were victims of redlining. I'm like, what in the world? And I often wondered after that, or I wonder now, what would have happened if somebody had just simply said, hey, wait a minute hey, wait a minute. If we're about this equity and fairness, hey, wait a minute. If, we're, if folks are coming to the table, bringing themselves to the table, and they say that they got everything in order and they do, hey, wait a minute. Why would... And so all I'm encouraging us family to think about is this. Everyone we go into we know there's more love that's needed. 
everyone we go into, we can see when more empathy is needed. Everyone we go into, we can see when more peace of mind is needed. Everyone we go into, we can see when somebody just needs to say, I think I'm dating myself here. Let's see if we catch on. Somebody needs to say, Wusa, take a deep breath. Let's calm down and talk about it. Everyone we go into, we can see when there needs to be a little bit more inspiration, a little bit more connectivity. And one of the things that being in certain groups have taught me is that oftentimes when you see it, and when you suggest that is needed, and in particular, my fraternity brothers would do this to me all the time in undergrad. Oh, brother, you saw that. You need to take care of that, and we'll help you take care of that. <laughs> so family, I encourage us to simply embrace the maxim that the Spirit of God is alive in us, Let's make sure we're stirring up that gift through how we are showing up as love and light and peace and purpose because everything we need is already in us. And if we live into what is already in us, we will find out that not only has God blessed us with that precious gift, but God has called us to be a blessing everywhere we go because everything we need is already in us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that family today is my story, and I'm certainly sticking to it. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor T. I wish I would have heard that message when I was 18. <laughs> it would have saved me a lot of doubt and confusion. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. My name is Nicole Vega, and I have the honor of leading us in our time of prayer. To begin, happy Hispanic Heritage Month. I am from Venezuela, so this month is very significant to me. Please join me in praying for the Hispanic and Latinx community around the world, but especially those finding and making a home in the U.S. And as I pray, when I say, Lord, in your mercy, please respond with, hear our prayers. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you today with open hearts to receive your word and teachings. Our lives are a reflection of our experiences and we've all joined in this room, having had a variety of experiences that have led us here. Yet we come together in the hopes to be the manifestation of your love in this world. Today, we focus on the Hispanic and Latinx community. Around the world, they are facing challenges and making difficult decisions for where to live, how to make a living, fighting for their rights, wanting to be understood, and if they are seeking asylum in the US, desiring to feel safe and enter the country peacefully. We stand firm in believing you are with each family and intervening daily, bringing abundant life to them. Lord, in your mercy. May we be a beacon of hope and support for them and how we live, where we donate our resources, how we speak about them, and seek to understand their choices rather than judge them. As a country, we've coined the phrase, a melting pot, 
But when faced with new cultures and people, many turn to having closed minds and a nationalistic ideology. May local churches around the US remind this country that you, Jesus, left your birthplace, traveled to new places, and interacted with various cultures seeking to love the oppressed and lift up those that were misunderstood. Lord, in your mercy. For the power systems that lie within our government, we pray for better leadership. Leadership that turns to sharing resources rather than removing them. We thank you for the various organizations and people groups that are providing in the moment support for families and individuals at the border. Like my second cousin who traveled 20 days to cross the border and safely sought shelter in his temporary home with my parents in South Florida. Lord, in your mercy. If we are met with an opportunity to interact with a Hispanic or Latinx person, may we seek to listen, support, and show love for them as you relentlessly show love for us. I now invite you into a time of silent confession and reflection. Friends, hear the good news. Christ died for us when we were yet sinners, and that proves God's love for us. In the name of Christ, you are forgiven. Can we give God a hand of praise for all of the things that are happening in our midst? Hallelujah. Thank you again for everyone who came out to everything yesterday. Please keep October 15th in mind with the movie night. And as Karina mentioned, for those who are walking in Pride next week, please, on the RSVPs, let, let us know so that we can get a good head count to know who is going to be with our family. And so with all of that, I want us all to keep in mind the many ways that God is moving through us, not only to bless us, but to bless the world. The way that we show up in this world truly matters. The way that we live as expressions of hope for all of God's children truly matters. And so in that spirit, let us stand knowing that over the next couple of weeks, God is going to somehow use us to be light. And as we stand and prepare for our benediction, let us lift holy hands, asking God to continue to move in ways that expand the kingdom. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for everything that you are doing in the life of Esau. Thank you for the ways that you are making us a beacon of light and a beacon of hope so that others might embrace the hope that only comes from you. But thank you, God, for making us a part of its expression. And so, Lord God, as we go into the world today, we ask that not only you bless and protect us, but you shine your face upon us and be gracious to us. Show us your favor and give us peace. We're thankful, God, that you placed your name upon us. And we ask, God, 
that you continue to move in ways where you bless us to be blessings for the world because everything that this world needs is already in us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Let's go in love, go in peace, go in faith. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. We hope that you've enjoyed this week's message and we look forward to connecting with you soon. If you'd like to experience our full church services, you can find them at youtube.com slash eastsidechurchatl. And if you'd like to support the work we're doing here at Eastside, you can find our giving portal at our website, eastsideatl.org. Be well.